So today we are looking at the witness of the spirit. If you were around for our physical meeting, uh, we had in Lagos, um, this was about a month ago. If you are around for it, you would, this was, uh, yeah, I think a month, when we have a physical meeting, no, it wasn't a, was it a month ago. Oh, wow, I don't recall again. Anyways, when we had a physical meeting, which was not a month ago yet, but some weeks ago though. So you'll be, some of the things I share here, you might have an idea of them, even though I think what I'm sharing today is quite very, very much different, but the fundamental um, idea um, was communicated during our last fiscal, our last fiscal meeting. Okay, so let us start off with Romans chapter eight, verse 16. Romans chapter eight, verse 16. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you are there with us, please go ahead and read. Romans chapter eight, verse 16. Please go ahead if you are with us. Anybody can read for us. Romans chapter eight, we are reading verse 16. Okay, let me read then. So Romans chapter eight, verse 16. Let me start from verse 14, actually, to give us a bit of context. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 15 says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit itself so the king james version says itself but uh, more accurately it's the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of god let me read that again it says the spirit himself bears with witness with our spirit that we are the children of god so what what paul was basically explaining is that when i give my life to christ what is the evidence that I am born again? What is the evidence that I am, I am now a Christian? Did, did the color of my skin change? No. Did my height increase or reduce? No. Um, did the money in my bank account automatically, automatically increase? The answer is no. Um, what else? Did, did my academic, did my last academic results automatically just change? The answer is no. So what is now the evidence that I am born again? And this is a very big question because you still look the same way you looked, right? After you gave your life to Christ. If you were dark in complexion, you will be dark. You still will be dark in complexion. If you were, um, if you were a size 12, for instance, right? Let's say your dress was a size 12. You, you're, you will still be a size 12 after you gave your life to Christ. So what is what then is the evidence? If you come to your friends and tell them, oh, I'm not born again, they'll ask you, how do you know you're born again? What is the evidence that you're born again, all right? Or what is the proof that you're born again? And before we even try convincing other people, we will also ask ourselves, what is the, how am I really sure that I'm born again? So a pastor just said I should come to the front and say some prayer under two minutes. I said the prayer and then I'm born again. Uh -uh. Is, does it, is it that easy? Does it work, work that way? What really is the evidence that I am born again. First, let's, let's ignore, let's leave other people to myself. What is that evidence? 
And this is what verse 16 answers for us. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. It says that the spirit bears witness with our own spirit that we are children of God. So what convinces me and how I am so certain and so sure that I am born again is that the Holy Spirit himself, that remember, remember in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, this same Romans chapter 8, verse 9, it says, um, let me just read it quickly. It says, if, if so he says the, the last part of verse 9, it says, now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Meaning, if you don't have the spirit of Christ, you don't belong to Christ. So when I gave my life to Christ, God gave me his spirit, right? Now, that same Holy Spirit does something inside of me to convince me that I'm born again. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I am born again. This is so powerful because, and, and I, like I shared this in um, um, during our fiscal meeting, it's so powerful because every my, my eternity depends on this singular decision. So I must be certain about what I'm about the decision I'm making, whether I will spend my life in my my eternity in he heaven or my eternity in hell depends on this singular um, action on me being born again. And if truly I'm born again. What I need to be sure, because I can't think about this, I can't risk eternity just to some assumption that, oh, I think I'm born again, or I, I assume I'm born again. There's no chance for assumption because the stakes are too high, all right? My eternity hinges on this action, and therefore I need to be 100% certain that I am in the right place, or I have made the right decision. And so this is what God does to, to give me certainty. The Bible says that the spirit bears witness with my spirit. So the Holy Ghost does something in my spirit that convinces me of my new reality. All right. And this is so, so powerful and so important because if something as important as salvation, I am confident about it through the witness of the Holy Spirit, that suggests to me that every other thing that would come as a result of salvation. I would also be confident about it through that witness, through that um, process of witnessing. Do, do you get what I mean? So, if salvation that that gives me access to a to, gives me access to um to a lot of benefits, the Bible says that He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. If salvation, right, that gives me access to all these dimensions of blessing and heritage and the blessings of Abraham and everything. If that salvation itself is confirmed by a witness in the by the Holy Spirit, then also every other thing that salvation holds in stock for me would be con confirmed by that same means and by that same method, all right, which is the witness of the Spirit. And this is what the Bible says. Again, verse 16, Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. So it is the responsibility of the Spirit of God to bear witness with my spirit that I'm, I'm saved, that I'm born again. It is in the same vein that when the Holy Ghost wants to communicate to me, he will bear witness with my spirit. When he wants to teach me about something, he'll bear witness with my spirit. When he wants to lead me, he'll bear witness with my spirit. Mind you, he doesn't bear witness with my body, nor with my soul. He bears witness with my spirit. Remember, man is spirit, soul, and body. All right? And the part of man that the Holy Spirit makes direct communication with is the spirit. So when the Holy Ghost wants to bear witness, he doesn't come and touch my body, meaning that he, I, I don't look to my flesh to get witness. 
Neither do I look to my soul. I don't look to how to, to my mood, whether I am excited, whether I am sad, whether I am happy or not. I don't look to my, my soul, all right, to my emotions, to my mind. I don't look to that, to that part of my, uh, of my being to get witness. What I do is I, bear, I, I look to my spirit because that's where the Holy Ghost makes contact with, okay? You know, many people have come, um, sometimes have doubted and said, am I really born again? And you ask them, why are you doubting your salvation? They say, because I don't feel like, you know, the way I, I'm feeling, I woke up this morning, I, don't, I woke up feeling so sad. I woke up so feeling as if, as if this life said, what to come out of it? You are, you are trying to make contact with your soul to confirm a spiritual reality. But the Holy Spirit doesn't make contact with your soul. The Holy Spirit makes contact with, contact with your spirit. So how you feel your emotions, as valid as they are, are inconsequential to, to, the, to, the, to the spiritual reality that the Holy Ghost communicates, all right? So the spirit bears witness with your spirit, not with your mind, not with your body. You know, some people look for an ex, a, a physical evidence of being born again or a physical evidence of spiritual realities. So for instance, if God tells, if God comes to you and says, you, you are healed, let's say currently in your body, you feel sick. And God says, I have healed you already. Naturally, you look to your body and you try to check if the symptoms of sickness is still there. But that's wrong. You are looking for evidence in your flesh. The Holy Ghost doesn't bear witness with your flesh. The Holy Ghost bears witness with your spirit. And then your soul and your flesh will eventually catch up. All right? So remember this, that this Holy Spirit is the spirit of witness. He's the one that brings the realities of God to us. He's one that testifies about things that our eyes, our ears, our emotions cannot contact. You know, when you read this verse, and, and I looked up the word witness, one of the words um, translated witness is evidence. Evidence, all right? Meaning that the Holy Spirit give, brings evidence to our spirits. And this is so powerful. That I can be in the midst of, I can be in the midst of chaos, but the Holy Ghost will bring evidence to my spirit about my salvation. I can be in the midst of, let's say, a financial crisis, and then the Holy Ghost brings evidence to my spirit and says, "You are going to be a millionaire by the end of this month." I may be in need of money at this point in time, but the Holy Ghost brings a different reality and He brings evidence. That evidence is in my spirit. The evidence is not in my bank account. The evidence is not in the way I feel. The evidence is not in the size of, um, of or the, the amount of food I eat or what I can afford at that point. The evidence is in my spirit. So the Holy Ghost comes and contacts my spirit and tell, gives me an evidence saying, Victor, you will sponsor the gospel in millions of dollars. And I receive it in my spirit, all right? And I'm excited. It is just an evidence. If you come to ask me for... For $1,000, I might not even have it to give you at that point in time. But in my spirit, the evidence of, my, of, of what the Holy Ghost has said to me is real. All right? It is the same way also. The Holy Spirit, for instance, somebody is sick. The Holy Spirit comes and brings the evidence to the person and says, by the stripes of Jesus, you have been made healed. And the Holy Spirit shows the person that you are not trying to be healed. You have already been healed. That is an evidence that the Holy Ghost is communicating to that person's spirit. What the person might naturally do is to look at his flesh and says, but I still feel the malaria. I still feel the headache. I still feel the leg pain. Oh, my back is still hurting. The symptoms are still there. Those, those are the external symptoms or the evidence is in your spirit. The moment you are able to embrace the evidence that the Holy Ghost puts in your spirit, 
you embrace it as your as your reality all the physical symptoms would align eventually to the evidence you have received in your spirit and this is how god designed for us to live that our external environment our external experiences would always align to the evidence we have accepted in our spirit so when the holy ghost drops a witness remember the word witness is um, means evidence all right when the Holy Ghost witnesses with our spirit or when the Holy Ghost drops an evidence in our spirit about a certain spiritual reality, our responsibility is to accept that evidence and then our external um, events, external uh, environment will begin to align to the evidence that we have received in our spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. So let's read the next scripture. First John chapter four, sorry, chapter five, verse four to eight. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 to 8. Please read for me if you are there. First John chapter 5, verse 4 to 8. Anyone? All right, let me read. So it says, I'm reading from the King James Version. Verse chapter, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. It says, for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. You know, this morning, funny enough, I, I didn't know I was going to go read this verse um, in Bible study today. But this morning, my heart, while, while I pray, my heart was meditating on this. And I was really fired up because it says, whatsoever is born of God. Not, not just whosoever, right? Meaning, yes, we as human beings that are born of God, we overcome the world because of, our, of the life of Christ Jesus that um, is in us but also it says whatsoever meaning that if your business is born of god even if there's an economic meltdown it will overcome the world if your marriage is born of god even if everybody in the world divorces your marriage will still stand if your 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 what is it again your ministry is born of god it will still stand if your your career is born of god it wasn't just born out of an ambition to to become a boss lady or become a, a you know, um, whatever, a high-earning or high-earning medium income, whatever brackets person, okay? If your career was is born of God, then it will stand. And this thing really just, it, it complicated to my heart strongly. And I just told myself that, meaning the only responsibility I have is to ensure that whatever I am doing is born of God and it will stand the test of time. Because it says whatsoever is born of God, overcomes the world. All right, let's continue. And, and this, the latter part says, this is the victory that, that overcometh the world, even our faith. Verse five, who is he that overcomes the world, but he that believes that Jesus is the son of God? All right, verse six goes on to say, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. Let me pause here. Um, Remember when we talked about witnesses, um, especially for those that were around for the very first fiscal meeting we had, I think this was in April or thereabouts or June, the very first fiscal meeting we had, we talked extensively about witnesses, right? And we, uh, we broke down this scripture properly. So I'm not going into that, but you can get the um, message on our podcast. So I explained what, how Jesus Christ came by water and blood and then the three witnesses and all of that. All right. So I explained that. So please do, you can do well to get that message on our podcast. 
But look at the latter part of verse six, which is where my emphasis is. It says, and it is the spirit that bears witness. It is the spirit that bears witness. It's almost like saying that among the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the person saddled with the responsibility of bearing witness or bringing evidence to us is the Holy Spirit. He's the one that has responsibility of bearing witness to the operations of the Father, bearing witness to the experiences of Jesus Christ. He's the one that brings that witness to us, okay? And the Bible says that the one that bears witness is the Spirit. And, he's, and the reason why he bears witness is because the Spirit is truth. Let me read that sentence again. And it is the Spirit that bears witness because the Spirit is truth. Meaning the Holy Spirit, the reason why the Holy Spirit can bear witness to us, all right, can, can bring evidence to us about spiritual realities. The reason why the Holy Spirit can do that is because the Holy Spirit, the Bible refers to him as truth. You know, in John chapter, um, chapter 14, where we read last week, we saw that, this, that, that part of the description of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. But John, again, now went further to say that he's not only the spirit of truth, but he's truth, meaning that he's not just the spirit that communicates the realities, he is the reality himself. It's just the same way Jesus Christ was trying to explain to Martha and, and Mary, right, um, especially Martha, that Martha said, oh, yes, Lazarus will resurrect on the last day. Jesus Christ said, I understand that experience of the last day. Yes, it is coming. But me, in, as you see me now as a person, in, in personality, I am the resurrection and the, and, the, and the life. That is how the Holy Ghost is not only the spirit of truth, but the Holy Ghost himself is the personality embodied as truth. Meaning that every time the Holy Ghost comes, he comes with a, with a boundless experience of reality. Whatever reality you need per time, the Holy Ghost is that reality. Let me explain it in this way, okay? And I explained this during our Bible um, our fiscal meeting where we talked about witnesses, all right? So the difference, and I will explain this very briefly, but you know the difference between the ministry of Jesus and the ministry of the Holy Spirit is, is this. One, one, one major difference is that when Jesus, Christ, when Jesus Christ was on earth, his method of communication was through words, all right? So he had to explain, he had to explain, he would give parable, they would not understand, you give another parable, give several parables, and sometimes they may not even understand, and then he has to come plainly and explain it and explain it, and they'll still, might still not even understand. So Jesus Christ used words to communicate, okay? But the thing is that there was a, a, an inherent limitation in that method of communication, okay? And Jesus Christ said, said that to us, um, to the disciples rather, in John chapter chapter 14, where he, I, I believe 14 or 16, where he said that there are things I want to communicate to you that you are not yet, you cannot handle them. And Jesus Christ obviously wasn't talking about um, the use of, in, of, of language, like I explained last, last week, okay? What he was saying is that there are things I want to communicate to, your, to you, but your spirit doesn't have the ability to hold it, to, to handle it. So I'm going to wait till the Holy Spirit comes. What I suggest to us is that Jesus Christ, Jesus's ministry had an inherent limitation, not because Jesus himself was limited, but because his audience was limited. The capacity of his audience was limited. And Jesus Christ wouldn't waste revelation truth, all right? 
So he rather withheld it and said, when the Holy Ghost comes, he will now, he Bible says that he will lead you into all truth. So this is now the difference in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That the ministry, um, um, ministry of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ had to speak and explain, but in the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he becomes that, that message to you. Okay, so for instance, um, for instance, for instance, for instance, let me give an, um, I, I, I gave an example during uh, our Bible study the last time and everybody said mm, that she used a different example. So I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of the, another example. Okay, good. Let's say you don't speak, let's assume you don't speak French, all right? If Jesus Christ was to teach, teach you or to speak to you, right, or to teach you French, he would do so by communicating. He will say, oh, bonjour, comment ça va, repeat after me. And then you go through that process. <clears throat> but when the Holy Ghost wants to teach you French, all right, he doesn't do so by speaking. He does so by becoming French in, in you so that the, the gap of communication is eliminated and he becomes what he wants to teach you about. You get what I'm saying? So if Jesus Christ was going to teach you about joy, he would say, oh, be joyful, he'll speak to you. Be, and, and again, remember, this wasn't a limitation on Jesus's part, but it was rather a limitation on the part of the audience because they are, simply put, they are not received the Holy Ghost. But when the Holy Ghost comes, remember Jesus Christ said, the spirit will, would lead you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit will guide you into the experience of the things that Jesus Christ was talking about. So whereas Jesus Christ, Jesus' ministry was, was um, expressed through talking, the Holy Spirit's ministry is expressed through becoming. So the Holy Spirit becomes what he wants to tell you about. So if, in my, back to my example, if Jesus Christ wants, wants to talk to you about joy, he talks to you about joy, how you need to be happy and all of that, but if the Holy Ghost wants to communicate joy to you, he becomes joy on the inside of you. Do you understand that? Okay, so I said all of that to explain what, when he says that the spirit bears witness because the spirit is truth. So the Holy Spirit can be anything he wants to communicate to you about. Hallelujah. And this is so powerful because even if your spiritual um, capacity is deficient, the Holy Ghost will fill in the gap and empower you to handle the truth he wants to, um, he wants to communicate to you. Do you understand that? All right. Um, a, a man of God used an example that for some reason is very, is very apt. All right. So he, um, he said, for instance, and just to explain this, this, this same point, that if Jesus Christ was going to um, talk to you, for instance, if Jesus Christ was going to talk to you about malaria, he'll tell you the symptoms of malaria, um, um, the symptoms of, you know, malaria, headache, all of that, all of that, all of that. But if the Holy Ghost was going to explain what malaria is to you, he will become that malaria in you, all right? And you will experience it yourself. You get what I'm saying? Okay, so I know that's not the perfect example, but but just to explain what, I, I just to explain rather um, this concept, that the Holy Ghost becomes the experience of whatever he, he wants to talk about. And this is so powerful. Hallelujah. All right, so let's continue reading. First John chapter five, we are in verse six. So remember, it is the spirit that bears witness. The responsibility, one of the responsibilities of the Holy Ghost is to bear witness. Witness here means evidence. The Holy Ghost wants to give evidence of things that you cannot see, you cannot smell, you cannot touch, you cannot feel. The Holy Ghost wants to give you evidence, all right? And he does so 
in your spirit. Don't ever forget. He does so in your spirit. And let me even say here, repeat something I said um, during our last fiscal meeting, that the communication of the Holy Ghost is within your heart. It's inside of you, all right? You, you don't look for, like I explained when we, when we read Romans chapter 8, verse 16, you are not looking for an external physical gyration or shaking or something. No, the witness and the evidence that the Holy Ghost would, would communicate to you will be inside your heart. So you are looking at your heart, you're, you're looking at your spirit to relate with the witness and the evidence of the Holy Spirit, okay? So verse 7, for there are three that bear witness or bear record in heaven, he says, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. So as long as we're dealing with heaven, all right, there are three that bear witness, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, okay? Now, verse 8 says, and there, there are three that bear witness in the earth. He says, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And again, these three are one. So when we come down to earthly operations, again, there are three that bear witness, the Spirit, the water and the blood and like i said earlier i explained all of this in um in the fiscal meeting had titled witnesses so you can get that on our podcast and you know listen to the full explanation but just one thing i want to bring out from verse 7 and verse 8 that you might have <clears throat> sorry that you might have already noticed is that in heaven we have the father the word and the spirit on earth we have the spirit the water and the blood there's one common personality in these two realms and that is the holy spirit what this suggests to us is that the holy what the holy spirit has borne witness to in heaven that same thing he can come and bear witness to us here on earth do you understand that so because the holy ghost is a witness in heaven and he's also a witness on earth he can conveniently communicate the realities that are in heaven to us right here on earth so that we can live our lives as though we are living in heaven do you understand what I mean? The Holy, let, let me explain that again. The Holy Spirit, being the common witness in heaven and on earth, can take the things that he has, he has borne witness to in heaven and come and bear witness to, to us here on earth so that we can experience heaven as though we are there physically. Hallelujah. This is why the Bible says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, no man knows the thought of a man except the spirit of the man within him. He now goes on to say that in the same way, no one knows the thought of God except the spirit of God within him. Then he now says that we have not received the spirit of the world, verse 12, but the spirit that is from God so that we will know all that we freely given to us in Christ Jesus. What this means is that if nobody can know the thought of the father except the spirit of the father, but we, we have the spirit of the father right now in our hearts, that means we can know the things that, that are in the heart of the father even though nobody else would have any other way of knowing it, right? But we can do so because of the Holy Spirit. So the realities that exist with the Father, the realities that um, are in heavenly realms with the Father, the Holy Ghost takes those realities and gives, gives us the evidence of those realities in, in our hearts. And if you understand this, you understand how God speaks, right? You see that God doesn't speak by, God doesn't necessarily speak audibly. All right, meaning he doesn't necessarily speak by words. Most times, God speaks to our hearts through the witness of the Holy Ghost, meaning what is happening in the heart of the Father. The Holy Ghost brings it and gives us the evidence of that thing in the Father's heart. 
So for instance, you, 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 you're, you're sleeping and then you wake up in the middle of night probably to use the restroom and then you just go back to lie down and all of a sudden you begin to feel in your heart like you, you should pray. You feel like you, 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 you just, there's a longing in your heart for fellowship. What is happening is that the Holy Ghost is taking what is in the heart of the Father. The Father wants fellowship at that time. The Holy Ghost takes what is in the heart of the Father and brings an evidence in your heart so that you can't explain why and how, but you know that this is the right thing for you to do at that point, is for you to go and spend time praying in fellowship. Do you understand that? So that's how the Holy Ghost bears witness. Remember, he's the common, um, for, for, for lack of a better word, I was going to remember how they taught us in primary school or, or elementary school, highest common factor, all right? So he's the common factor between heaven and earth. So he can easily bear with, take the witness he has, he, um, witness he has seen in heaven and give us the evidence right here on earth. Hallelujah. All right. So, um, okay, we can end at that. So let, let's proceed. Let's proceed. So I said here that the Holy Spirit bears witness or gives evidence to things our physical senses can't access. All right, can't assess rather, um, meaning can't measure. So the Holy Spirit bears witness, or you can say he gives evidence to things that our physical senses can't assess. If you ever see anybody take action based on things that he senses in his spirit, but they are not obvious to the eyes, then it is the Holy Spirit that, that has uh, that's given that person witness. All right. Um, you know, um, um, a, 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 my pastor shared a testimony one time about a lady before the um, before the Naira crash at one of these um, recessions that all of a sudden she just woke up one, one day and the Holy Spirit and just perceived in her that she should sell, she should convert all her cash, all her savings in Naira, she should convert it to dollars, all right? And then she did so. And shortly after that, the Naira drastically crashed. And that period, her money was preserved and she she made a lot of money, okay? How was she able to know that? It was the Holy Spirit that brought a witness to her heart about something that she, she didn't have any evidence for. There was no physical evidence or economic evidence or any other form of evidence about what was going to happen. But the Holy Spirit brought that reality to her heart. So I, that's why I said here that the Holy Spirit bears witness or gives evidence to things that our physical senses can, can't assess. So there are things there are, there, are, there are things in the realm of the spirit that you can't see with your eyes or touch with your physical um, um, body, but yet they exist. The way we get to know about those things is through the Holy Spirit, or the way we get to interact with that with that dimension is through the Holy Spirit. All right. So I want us to then look at two ways. Since we have said that the Holy Spirit bears witness um, with our spirit, right? want to see two ways that the Holy Spirit does this, okay? There are several other ways, but um, for today's study, I just want to focus on two ways that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit, all right? And I, I'm doing this too, because if it may sound a bit, um, a bit mystical when we say the Holy Spirit bears witness with my spirit, and then someone might be wondering and say, ah, I'm not very spiritually deep, -o how uh, maybe the, I'm not part of the people that the Holy Spirit bears witness, all right? So I want to break this down in a way that we can um, easily understand, all right? But if you are following so far and everything is 
you are following, you have been following so far, please let me know in the comment section. Give me a thumbs up. Tell me I am following you. Tell me I'm with you, Victor. Let me know we are together on Mixeller and on Zoom as well. Let me know we're all together. If you're following so far, please drop a message in the chat. Okay, Chidima says, I am with you. Thank you. Anybody else? Let me show we are together. Drop in the chat and let me know. <clears throat> all right. Um, so let's, let's proceed. So the first way that I want us to look at, remember we're looking at two ways that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit, all right? The first way um, I have here on my list is <clears throat> what is called spiritual perception, all right? Spiritual perception. I was, if, if we're all together, I was almost going to say, repeat after me. But yes, I mean, wherever I can repeat after me um, to yourself, spiritual perception. So what is spiritual perception? I tried to um, give it, well, something close to a definition. So I said here that spiritual perception occurs when the Holy Spirit makes information available to our consciousness that we would have otherwise not known. Let me read that again. Spiritual perception occurs when the Holy Spirit makes information available to our consciousness that we would have otherwise not known, meaning would have not been aware of this in, in, through any other means if the Holy Spirit had not made this, uh, <clears throat> sorry, had not made this available to us. And I already feel like a lot of us have experienced this. You might not, maybe you, maybe you might not have termed this spiritual perception. Maybe you might have just called it and say, you know, my mind just told me, I just felt in my mind that this thing was going to happen. Or, you know, I just felt in my mind that I should not enter that bus. Or I just felt in my mind that I should not go out today. And then when that day rain fell heavily and it was, it was a mess. Or maybe it just felt like I shouldn't, I shouldn't enter, I shouldn't enter a particular vehicle. And then, and then um, something you just found out that maybe the vehicle had an accident or the vehicle went was just in an unnecessary delay, you know. I, I, I believe that many of us have experienced this spiritual perception, okay? And we're going to, I, I really want us to share our experiences at the end of this, at the end of the class. But this is really what spiritual perception is. When the Holy Spirit makes information available to your consciousness, that there is no other way you would have known it. It's not that you looked at the sun and then you, you or you look at the moon or you looked at, um, look at your environment and you said, oh, this is what's going to happen, okay? There is human deduction, and, and maybe I should just make this clear. There is human deduction. Human deduction is based on intelligence, okay? Um, human deduction, for example, says that if I, if I look to the clouds and the cloud is dark, I automatically know that the rain might fall. So that is not spiritual perception. That is just my intellect deducing one or two things, all right? Um, if, for instance, I follow a particular route and there's traffic on that route, Human deduction tells me that I can follow a different route or maybe wait or something else. That, that is human deduction, all right? So that's not spiritual perception. But if, for instance, you, you have no knowledge of what's going on outside, but then you just perceive in your heart to follow a different route, and then you follow that route, and later you found out that if you had followed the alternative, you would have been stuck in traffic. That is spiritual perception, all right? So I want us to look at two examples and... And what I'm doing today is just to help define 
some of the experiences we've already had so that we can be very confident in those experiences because these are some of the ways that the Holy Spirit bears witness or, or, or gives evidence to our heart about things that we cannot see or smell or touch with our physical senses, okay? So firstly, let's read Acts chapter 27, verse 10 to 14. Please, if you are there, kindly read for me. <clears throat> Anybody there, Acts chapter 27, verse 10 to 14. Um, obviously, it will have to be those on Mixer, oh, sorry, those on Zoom that would be able to read for, for us. So please, if you are there, help me out. Acts chapter 27, reading from verse 10 to verse 14. All right, let me read then. So this is a, this is a story of, oh, sorry. I was in Acts chapter 10. Sorry, Acts chapter 27, yeah. So this was the story of, of Saul um, when he was um, on, on a particular ship and then setting things accord. So just follow me as I read. Verse 10 now, it says, and he said and said unto them, so this is Paul now that said unto them, says, I perceive that this voyage, voyage will be with hurt and much damage. So Paul was telling these people that I perceive in my spirit that this voyage will be of, with, with hurt and much damage. He says, not only of the lading and sheep, but also of our lives. Meaning that it's not only our, the, the, the sheep and our, our luggage that is at risk, but even our lives is at risk at this point. This is what I perceive, okay? Look at verse, verse 11, it says, nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the sheep more than those things which Paul which were spoken of Paul. And it makes logical sense to believe the owner of the ship and the, and the captain, because the captain is trained. The owner of the ship has been, has been going on journeys. He's more experienced than, than Paul, and both of them are more experienced than, than Paul. So why should they believe Paul, all right? Um, I'm sure they looked at Paul and said, well, you are just having phobia, or you are just, you are just being, um, what's it called? You are just being anxious. Or they probably just discarded... <clears throat> discarded what he said. Look at verse 12. He now says, and because the heaven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence, and if by any means they might attain to finish and there to winter, which is an heaven in Crete, in Crete, right? And light toward the southwest and the north northwest. What this simply means is that the soft wind, okay, let me add verse 13. And when the south wind blew softly, Supposing that they had obtained their purpose, losing thence, they sailed close to Crete. So in verse 12, a popular, a, a, the majority of the people, right, um, a larger population of the people decided that they should still go ahead. And then what now also gave them sort of encouragement to go ahead was the fact that the wind blew softly. So everything looked like it was going smooth. However, Paul perceived in his spirit. And verse 14 says, but not long after, there arose against it a tempest, tempestuous wind called Euroclidon, meaning there was, not shortly after that, trouble came, and then they were, they, were, they were in a mess. However, Paul said, I perceived in my spirit that this 
sheep will be in danger, not only our luggage, luggage, but even our lives as well. And everybody said, no, 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 they didn't believe him. The owner of the ship, the captain said, no, 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 you don't know what you're talking about. In fact, the wind began to blow softly. It's almost like someone saying, someone, you know, maybe you applied to for a job and they gave you the job. The pay is good, everything is great. But your spirit, you just perceive that, Kai, this job will give you trouble. But you don't, everything looked good. The offer was good. The, the work, work environment looked good. Everybody had been saying good things about the job. And you just perceive that, say, Kai, Kai, you don't, you really don't know what, you don't know what it is, but you perceive that there was something wrong with this job. And let's say this particular person now took the job and three months down the line, the company just collapsed. The company, you know, hit recession. In fact, let me share with you a testimony of my, my friend, very good friend I know. He got an offer with, an, with a company in the US. This was before COVID came. He got the offer, but when he searched his spirits, he wasn't confident about it. So he got two offers, actually. When he searched his spirit, he wasn't confident, confident about the first one. So he, he, even though the pay was good and everything was, ex, it looked very fantastic. He just left it and, and, and took the second option. Shortly after um, lockdown hit with COVID, right? That company had to close completely. If he had taken that job, he, he would have been jobless for a while, do you get? But that perception in his spirit saved him all that trouble. There are many times that you have perceived something, but because it didn't feel very significant, you probably ignored it and just felt, well, it's not, it's just very light. I, I can leave it, you know, but that perception could have made a, a difference. In fact, for many people, that perception is a difference between life and death. For many people, that perception is, is a difference between entering a big break and remaining at a, at a, le at a level, rather play two at a level, all right? For so many people, that perception could be the difference between hearing the voice of God and, and, and or not. So I want us to pay more attention to the things that we perceive in our spirits. Let me say something about spiritual perception. Hmm? As contrary to the next, um, to the second method, a uh, second way we'll, we'll talk now, right? Spiritual perception is usually slippery, right? And it usually comes in faints. Meaning that if your heart is busy with and occupied with so many things, you might not even know what your, your spirit is perceiving. If you are, for instance, if the Holy Spirit drops something in your heart and you perceive a perceive something in your spirit, if you just ignore it and say, oh, well, let me just go and you know, watch a movie, let me go and just my friend, let me go and do something I'll, and come back to it. That perception in your heart might, might, you might have, you might lose it because many times, Perception is comes in faint. It comes, it comes almost like a weak signal, seemingly like a weak signal in your spirit. But if you can pay attention to that signal, I'm telling you, you will see the miraculous manifest in your life. All right? Whether it is deliverance, it is direction, whatever it is, that little perception. That see, many times here, yeah, I just get a little perception in my heart and say, call this person. And it I can ignore that perception and I wouldn't feel. I wouldn't feel any, I won't feel guilty because it comes in very faint. But when I obey and call that person, I find that at the end of the conversation that God was looking for who he will use to speak to that person's life. But everything I could have been lost if I ignored that perception. So I want you to pay more attention to the perception in your spirit. Sometimes it comes at like a thought. You just, you just think about doing something faintly. It doesn't sound like a big deal. You know, maybe you just want to make one or two adjustments in your business. It doesn't sound like a very big deal, but 
When you make, the, make those adjustments, you just see the miraculous happen in your life, all right? So please pay more attention to what you perceive in your spirit. Second example around perception, Acts chapter 14, verse 8 to, um, 8 to 10. Acts chapter 14. The book of Acts chapter 14, verse 8 to 10. Let me read. It says that, so this was talking about um, Paul, right? It says, and there sat, there sat a man, a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. So this guy had never used his feet to walk ever before. So they had always been carrying him right from where he was a child, all right? Whether human beings carry him or chair carry him or whatever it was, okay? Verse 9 says, the same head Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, right? And perceiving that he had faith to be healed, verse 10, said in a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet, and he leaped and walked. Can you imagine that this mighty miracle started because Paul perceived that this guy had faith. Question is, is there anything on a man's face, right, or on a woman's face physically that can tell you this person has faith? There's nothing. You can't, you can't look at someone's face, face physically now and say from their physical dominion, right, and say this person has, has faith. No. Whether a person squeezes his face or whether a person is laughing, you cannot tell whether the person has faith, has faith by their physical appearance. You need something beyond the physical to discern that. And that is your perception, this perception of your spirit. <clears throat> so Paul perceived in his heart that this guy had faith to be healed. <clears throat> Out of everybody that, that was present there, I don't know how many people were crippled or how many people needed a miracle, but this particular guy, Paul perceived that he had faith. And based on the perception, he went and, and, and um, spoke to the man and said, said it in a loud voice, stand upright, and the man leaped and, and walked. There are miracles that will happen in your life if you can take perception serious. I'm telling you, some of you are looking for money, and the money you're looking for, that little perception in your spirit, right, is the direction to where to get them, where to find that money, or where to get that money. Some of you are looking for either a job or looking, maybe even a spouse, or you're looking for a big break. But I'm saying that perception in your spirit, eh? It is what will lead you to the miracle of that big break. If only you can take action on that perception. All right. Paul had the confidence, had confidence in what he perceived in the spirit enough to shout in a loud voice. You know, people were there. Imagine what if the man did not rise up and walk? What if, what if he just looked at him and said, sir, sir, what are you saying? You get, so it was almost like a risk for, for Paul. But Paul knew what he perceived in his spirit and he acted upon it. So spiritual perception is one of the ways that the Holy Ghost bears witness in our spirit about a reality. In the case of Paul, right, in this, we've just read in Acts 14 now, Paul, the reality that he witnessed, that the Holy Ghost witnessed to him through perception was that this man had faith, meaning that there's no other way Paul would have known the man had faith if the Holy Ghost did not witness it to Paul. And that witnessing came through spiritual perception, all right? In the case of um, when he was in the ship in Acts chapter 27, Paul would not have known that the ship was going to collide or was going to um, be in trouble if the Holy Ghost did not witness to his spirit through perception that they were all going to be in danger. And because they disobeyed that warning, they eventually fell into danger. And let me just say this to you, that the Holy Ghost is faithful. 
the Holy Spirit is very, very faithful. Even in your faithfulness, you see, there are testimonies of people who, even when they were living in sin, yet the Holy Spirit was still faithful to warning them about certain things. The Holy Ghost is faithful. The question is, are we faithful to our perception, to what we perceive in the Spirit? Do we, are we faithful enough to even give allowance for the Holy Ghost to witness things to us? You know, sometimes, <clears throat> especially in, the, in this age of social media and all of, the, all of the technology that we have, it's possible for you to be so busy interacting with with people, whether physically or through um, social media channels, that you don't give room for the Holy Spirit to smuggle a perception to your spirit, all right? So sometimes what I, and this is what I encourage people to do. Sometimes what I just do is that I, I leave everything. I don't, I don't, I don't, I leave, disconnect from everything. And I just pray in the spirit for long. So that in case there's something the Holy Spirit has been trying to tell me since morning, and I've not been paying attention to, at least I'll give him the opportunity to communicate those things, hallelujah. All right, so I hope this is clear enough, spiritual perception. Second um, way that the Holy Spirit bears witness to our spirits is faith, all right? So remember I said <clears throat> that there are, of course, there are more ways than, there are more ways that the Holy Spirit bears witness to our spirit, but I, we are just looking at two, two ways for the purpose of this Bible study, right? So the first one is spiritual perception. The second one is faith. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirits through what we call faith, all right? Let us read Hebrews chapter, chapter 11, verse 1 to 2. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. All right, so... Um, popular verse of scripture, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance, meaning if you are hoping for something, all right, faith is that substance. Faith substantiates what you are hoping for. Do you get that? So faith is the substance of things hoped for, all right? I mean, I, I'm trying to look for, for other words to explain it. Then he goes on to say, the evidence of things not seen, meaning the things that your eyes have not seen. There's another way of having evidence of it. Let me give a practical example. Let's assume you have never traveled to China, for instance. You've never been to China, eh? But, and, and so because you've never been to China, there's no way you have, you don't have any, you have not, you have not seen what China looks like. So I'm, I'm for, for this example, I'm, putting aside pictures of videos and movies and all of that, physically, you have never been to China. You have never touched the Great Wall of, walls of China. You've never touched, um, you know, you've never been to Beijing or any popular place in China or Macau, all right? Um, but, and so, because you've never been there, there's no way to have evidence of going to China. That's physically speaking now. However, when we introduce the factor called faith, Faith now says that even though you've never been to China physically, there's another way of having the experience of being to China, even though you've never been there physically. And that experience is, 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 is captured in an evidence we refer to as faith. So faith is the evidence of things not seen. You have not seen it, you've not touched it, you've not smelt it, you've not handled it, yet there's an evidence, there's a way faith can communicate evidence of those things you've not seen, all right? 
And this is very important. Let's proceed now. I'll show you how the Holy Ghost comes in. Okay, verse two and three, I'll add verse two and three. For by it, the elders obtained a good re report. Verse three says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So faith gives, sub faith substantiates what our physical senses cannot relate to. Faith substantiates or gives evidence to what our physical senses cannot relate to, all right? And that is, that, that, I mean, based on this, you already have an idea where we are going to. Because the only way, you know, last week we said that the Holy Ghost bridges the gap between the spiritual realm and the physical realm. Remember when we talked about God, how that God is spirit, and we can't touch God with our flesh and or see him with our physical eyes, all right? And then we came to a conclusion that that gap, right, that exists between the spiritual realm and the physical realm, for us believers, is the Holy Spirit is one that bridges that gap. Now, apply that same concept to faith. If faith is the evidence of things not seen, this already suggests to you that it, the, 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 the framework of faith was created to only exist with, by the help of the Holy Spirit, meaning you can only have faith when the Holy Ghost is involved. That's simply what I'm trying to say. You can only have an evidence of what you cannot see when the Spirit of God is involved. All right, so here I said that faith comes when the Holy Spirit imparts into our hearts a superior logic through an evidence he makes known to our spirit. Let me take that again, and I'll take it slowly. Faith comes when the Holy Spirit imparts into our hearts a superior logic, meaning a, way, a superior way of reasoning, a superior way of thinking. He imparts and has a superior, superior logic through an evidence. So this, the way this superior logic will come is that he has to give us an evidence. Eh? He says through an evidence he makes known to us, he makes known to our spirit. Hallelujah. Let me say it this way. If for instance, eh, if for instance, if for instance, we are at the top of a building, we are, we are the, at the penthouse of a 21-story building, the normal logic is that you cannot jump from that building. You are going to die. There's no, there's no, come go, come go, I beg you. There's no miracle you're expecting. If you jump from that building, naturally, you would fall down, your bones will be shattered. So that is the human logic, okay? But when somebody comes and tells you that, see, there's this, there's a trick that when you jump on the building, assuming now, he comes and tells that there's a trick that when you jump on the building and you flap your hand, flap your hands like this, you are not going to fall on the floor, you begin to fly. Because of that, because of that knowledge, that extra knowledge, right? You, it, it is now logical for you to jump off that building. Even though it may be logical, illogical rather, it may not be logical to the person beside you, but because you have received a different or a new kind of information, which gives you an evidence, right? That evidence provides a superior logic so that you, to you now, jumping from that 21-story building makes sense. To the person beside, it doesn't make sense because the person doesn't have access to what you have access to. That is how the Holy Ghost um, um, uh, brings faith into our hearts. The Holy Ghost will give you an evidence in your spirit. So for instance, <clears throat> somebody may want to build a, build a house. So a normal person would say, let me drop my budget. Let me make sure I have all the money before I start building a house, right? Which is fine. 
But then the Holy Ghost comes to you and he does something in your heart. He gives you the evidence of that house being completed, even though all you have in your bank account is 50,000 50, naira. And he tells you, go and start building that house with that 50,000 naira. What he has done to you is that he has given you the evidence of your house being completed. So even though it doesn't make sense to the natural person to start building your house with 50,000 naira, yet because of the evidence the Holy Ghost has given to you, it is logical for you to go and start building a house with 50,000 naira. All right? Let, let me share an example and a, a, a testimony that a man of God shared. The city where the ministry is is not one of the one of the busiest cities in Nigeria. No, not at all. But then God led him to begin to build a build a facility that currently they have spent over 700 million naira, you know, building. And then what was what how did God stir him up to build that? One day God spoke to him and said, when I wanted to create this earth, money was not involved. There was, I had nothing to create the earth. The only thing I had to create this world was my words. And with those words, I started creating the earth. And in six days, the world was created. And God was almost telling him that I started bankrupt, but yet I finished, I finished, finished the whole building in six, in six days. And based on that information, the man of God had a, a, a an evidence that. If I start this building, even though we don't have the money, we will we'll complete it. And at that point, they had they had probably just 12 million in their account. In fact, I mean, they had probably just 12 million. And now they've spent over 700, uh, over 700 million building that facility. What gave him the evidence to, to, to embark on such, a, on such a, a, a ridiculous journey? It was the, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost gave him that evidence. And the way the Holy Ghost makes evidence and evidence known to our spirit is typically through the word of God. Please, I hope this isn't too technical. If you have questions, I'll be happy to answer. But let me explain carefully. Um, the Holy Spirit imparts faith into our hearts, right? So let, let me read that again. Faith comes when the Holy Spirit imparts a superior logic, meaning a superior way of thinking, a superior way of reasoning. But he does this through an evidence. So for the Holy Ghost to convince you to think in a different way, he has to give you an evidence. For, for Abraham to leave his father's house to a land he does not know, it is crazy. The Holy Ghost had to give Abraham an evidence before he left the house, all right? And so I said, faith comes when the Holy Spirit imparts, every, um, uh, imparts into our hearts a superior, log superior logic through an evidence he makes known to our spirit. And the evidence comes to us typically through the word of God. So you are praying, you are praying, you are praying for your, for your job, for instance, and then God shows you something that he, um, he takes care of the lilies of the valley, that why would he take care of you? And based on that scripture, you automatically have an evidence that you would have a job. Based on this evidence, right, that you have, you are, you are, your thinking is affected. You begin to think in a different way. In fact, based on this evidence, you begin to go and start buying clothes for your work. Somebody asks you and say, ah, have you gotten a job? You tell the person, no. And, and the person wonders, so why are you buying, buying clothes and buying shoes for your job? If you haven't gotten a job, why not save the money until your job comes? Then you now use your first salary. That is a, a humanly logical way of thinking. But based on the evidence the Holy Ghost has shown you from the word of God, you defy human logic and operate by a superior logic. And this is one of the ways the Holy Ghost gives evidence or bears witness in our hearts about spiritual matters. So you've not seen them with your eyes, you've not touched them with your hands, but the Holy Ghost, through the instrumentality of faith, 
bears witness with your spirit, right? About um about spiritual things. All right, uh, time is fast spent. So ah, okay, we have two examples and and we we'll close. So I'm going to rush through these two examples. Okay, Hebrews chapter eleven, still the same Hebrews chapter eleven. If you read verse seventeen to nineteen, this is the story of Abraham. All right, the Bible says that by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. It does not make sense. If we go to Genesis, we don't have time for that. When we go to Genesis, you see that God promised Abraham that the promises will come through Isaac, right? That it is through Isaac that his descendants will occupy the earth. It's through Isaac that everybody will be blessed. So everything hinged on Isaac. So Isaac was a crucial factor to the manifestation of Abraham's promises. But yet the Bible says that Abraham, that it was through faith that Abraham sacrificed Isaac when he was um, when it was required for him, okay? So why would Abraham sacrifice Isaac if the blessing was to come through Isaac? The only way Abraham was able to do this is because Abraham operated by a superior logic. He had reasoned something that the normal man did not reason, all right? And look at it. Look at verse, where are we now? We are in verse, let's, okay, let me read verse 18. It says, of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Verse 19 is the key verse. It says, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. The word there, accounting, is, means, is it, if you translate it in English, it means reasoning. That means Abraham drew a logic from the fact that God can raise Isaac from the dead. What that means is that Abraham had a superior knowledge that other people did not have. Abraham had the knowledge of the fact that God can raise Isaac from the dead. And based on this knowledge, it was enough evidence for him that his son was going to come back. And since his son was going to come back, it was only logical for him to kill his son because he'll get his son back quite easily done. To somebody that did not have this knowledge, it, was, it is foolishness. How will you kill the son that your, your blessings or your promises are supposed to be manifested through? But because Abraham had a superior logic, I'm saying that when the Holy Ghost punishes in your heart a superior logic, you can be doing things that people say you are crazy, but it is not crazy to you because you are operating from an evidence that has been imparted into your spirit. This is how faith is born. Hallelujah. All right, quick, um, last example, Hebrews, the same Hebrews chapter 11, which goes down to verse 24 to 27. It says, um, by faith, again, when it, when he, sorry, by faith, Moses, when he was come, Come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Meaning that it, Moses had access to the palace. And I, 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 I don't even know if, if, if some of us will have the strength to even make that decision. It's almost like saying Moses was living in Asorok, right? Or living in White House. And he had access to everything in White House. So he had access to, in fact, he was called the son of the president. But Moses one day woke up and says he doesn't want to be called the son of the president. Ah, nothing happened, though. No quarrel, no nothing. He says he doesn't want to. <clears throat> he rather want, left Asor Rock and maybe went to, if you're in Lagos and you're familiar with Mushin, he probably went to Mushin or maybe went to one of the slums. And it doesn't make sense. That is illogical. It's almost like stupidity. But we need to see why, why Moses made that decision, okay? Remember, it was by faith he made that decision. So why did he make the decision? Verse 26, 
He says, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of reward. Verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, seeing him who is invisible. My question is, how do you see the person that is invisible? How can you see who is invisible? It takes the Holy Ghost. Or how can you see a, a reality that can, cannot be seen with the physical eyes? It takes the Holy Ghost to make that reality your experience. And that's what Moses, Moses had. The Bible says that he esteemed the reproach of Christ, meaning he valued the reproach of Christ greater than the riches of Egypt. And it is only when in your life you can value the, ex, the, you can value the sufferings of Christ more than the enjoyment of this world. That is only when you can make such a decision. So it now, with this understanding, it now makes sense why missionaries leave, leave advanced cities and go to villages to preach the gospel. You look at them and you're saying that, well, you're coming from a civilized place. You're coming from the town. You're coming from the center of civilization. Why will you go and spend your life in a village preaching to people and at the risk of eventually dying, from, dying there? To the missionary, he has already esteemed the reproach of Christ greater than the riches of Egypt, all right? You cannot make some decisions though, unless the Holy Ghost has brought evidence in your spirit about certain things. It will, you'll be doing manual work. You'll be doing, oh yes, I can do it, I can do it. When the reality faces you, you'll just back out. Unless the Holy Ghost makes certain things real in your spirit, man. And I like, again, I like um, when it says verse 27 that Moses seeing him who, was, who is invisible. This is the real substance of faith. When you are able to see what the physical eyes cannot see, hear what the physical eyes can, um, physical ears cannot hear, touch what the physical hands cannot touch, then that you begin to operate in faith. Hallelujah. So one of the ways the Holy Spirit bears witness, all right, um, to our spirits is through the instrumentality of faith. Hallelujah. Um, I don't know if I can cover this last part, but, oh, sorry. Uh, oops, okay, good, this is it. Last part here is um, Romans 10 verse 17. I just want to explain this briefly and I won't, I won't bother opening it. Most of us know, know this scripture. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When it says faith comes by hearing, okay? So it says faith comes by hearing, meaning you need to hear something. But how, how then do you hear? It says hearing by the word of God or says hearing through the word of God. The, the, the Greek translation of word there Oh, that's word of God there is translate, translated rhema. That means faith comes by hearing and hearing, this particular hearing, is not just any type of hearing, no. It's not just that, oh, somebody was talking about God and you just heard him. No, it's, in fact, it, this does not connote the hearing with your physical ears. It says, yes, faith comes by hearing, quite all right. But the kind of hearing we're talking about is the hearing that comes through the rhema of God. The rhema of God simply means a direct word that God has made alive to your spirit. Meaning that the only way you can have faith, for instance, for your business is when God speaks a direct word to your spirit about the business, okay? Then faith will come alive. If you come and share that word with me, it may not spark, it may not um, bring up any spark in my own heart. But for you, there's a fire that is burning in your heart because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema, by the direct word that God speaks to your spirit, okay? So I wanted to explain what this verse actually means. When it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as we listen to the word of God, of course, whether we read our Bibles, we listen to um, 
to messages or whatever it is, there's a come when, when when the word for us comes, our spirit will respond to it and we would know. And that is how faith is born. All right. So I said here that the power of the Rema is not in the newness of information. It's not that I'm sharing one deep revelation. It's not that you've not heard it before. Okay. So it's not in the newness of the information, but in the life that in the life that sponsors the word. Remember, Jesus Christ said in John 6 63 that the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So, in conclusion, right? Remember, two ways the Holy Spirit speaks to the Holy Spirit bears witness to us through perception, spiritual perception, and then through faith. And this means that fellowship with the Spirit of God is super important. And I said here in conclusion that fellowship with the Spirit of God sharpens spiritual perception. And then it builds faith. So fellowship with the spirit of God, the more we fellowship with the spirit of God, the more our spiritual perception is sharp. And then the more faith is built in our hearts. All right. Hallelujah. So we're going to end here. Um, we're going to end here. Time is fast spent. I would like to take two questions or contributions before we conclude. Um, from MixLR, please go ahead and share or from Zoom please go ahead and share as well. So if you have a question, maybe you want, to, want clarification on something that's been shared or you want to either share an experience you've had or share a, um, a testimony or just share something you've learned. I'll just take from two people and then we pray before we close. Okay, the floor is open. Please go ahead. If you're on Zoom, don't forget to unmute your mic so that we can hear you. Something that has blessed your heart today, or some an experience of perception or faith that you've had before, please go ahead and um, share it. On MixLR, please drop the message in the chat and I'll read it out to everyone. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hello. Mr. That was a powerful teaching. I honestly, I'm Thank so you. much. Yeah, I'm so blessed with the understanding because these are things that we, sometimes we are not careful to follow. We, we don't seem to understand how we can excel in our spiritual work. Mm -hmm. So get to know this, I'm really, really blessed. And especially this last point that you explained, look at the connection between Moses and the reproach of, of, of Christ. Mm. How, how would Moses ever know, or anybody knew that Moses was identified with Christ? Mm. It just has to be by the spirit. Mm. Uh, in fact, I really, really gained much understanding that once my spirit can accept the reality, mm. my body, my body will, will automatically force to align with it. But if my spirit does not accept, if my spirit does not have the understanding, mm. there's nothing can change in my physical. Wow. So I really see this as um, um, a way of bettering my work in the spirit. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you so much, Ma. In fact, I feel, I feel, um, I was word now. I feel, I feel fired up by what you just shared because we said something about that 
if your spirit has not contained, has not contacted the reality, nothing on your outside will change. And that's where it, everything starts from. And you know, this explains, this explains why you see people trying to copy or trying to mimic other people's actions of faith when they have not yet contacted the, 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 the reality in their spirit. And then it fails. And somebody comes and says, hey, but I tried it and it did not work. My question is, did you contact that spiritual reality that the other person had contacted? If the answer is no, then there's nothing that would work. Hallelujah. So thank you so much, Mark, for, um, for sharing. I'm really, 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 really blessed. All right, one more person before we go. Mitzelar, um, nobody has said anything yet. So I'm looking out one more person before we go. Okay, praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, go ahead, please. Uh oh. Okay, um, sorry. Hello. Okay, yeah, yeah, we can hear you now. Okay, so um, the Bible says strong meat belongs to those who, by the reason of training of their senses, can discern between good and evil. And I want to say that that training, that exercise, is one's ability to listen to the holy spirit to first it comes like you hear it like it's a let me go down to the layman so you know i hear like a, a, a suggestion yeah people say something was telling you know that kind mm -hmm. of thing comes keeping attention to the little details the prompt in a little voice and then gradually becomes audible in your spirit now so if you understand the economy or gradually as we understand the way the economy of the Holy Spirit or the way the Holy Spirit does these things, it helps us to um, be qualified to eat strong meat, meaning mm -hmm. you can take up tax. You you first take charge of your household before you know God is giving you a territory to yes. take, before God is giving you nations, before you know. And when, when you step into a place and boom, you decree it, it happens. Mm -hmm. You can say, mountain be thrown into the sea it does not just come in one day but it will be good to start one day too yeah so yeah, yeah. thank you thank you very much thank you very much god bless you for that contribution um someone on mixer idara is asking and she says please clarify spiritual perception and intuition very very good very 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 good spiritual perception and intuition let me put it this way <clears throat> starting from intuition so your natural your natural, the natural man, let that natural man meaning an unbeliever, right? Has the ability to be intuitive, meaning that you can just this, you can just think that well, this will be a better, better opinion, a better option, because intuition is a product of your soul and your body, right? Body here meaning your experiences, right? But predominantly an um, a product of your soul. So what intuition does is that intuition subconsciously searches into your experiences, your history, your background, and all of that, and brings up an intelligent opinion. Now, because of the way intuition works, you are not conscious of the process that your, your mind is going through, all right? So for instance, if let's say I grew up, for instance, um, let's say, let's say, let's say, I, let's say I grew up in, okay, let's have, I've lived in Lagos for a bit, right? Then I moved to a city, let's say I go to Abuja, and then I see, I mean, I'm trying to do business with somebody and I just feel like this person is not, I look at one or two things the person does and I say, Kai, this person is not an honest person. That could be my human intuition. And my human intuition is probably 
without my, my consciousness now, is drawing from my past experiences with people, drawing from my history, drawing from my knowledge and, and, um, and my education, all of those aspects of my soul, right? Intuition draws from it and makes an intelligent decision. However, spiritual perception, first and foremost, comes from your spirit, meaning from the Holy Spirit to your spirit. So you are, you are conscious of, of it from your spirit, not from your soul, all right? And usually, there is no other way you would have known what you eventually got to know about without the help of the Holy Spirit, all right? So to put it simply, spiritual perception is a product of your spirit. Intuition is predominantly the product of your soul, and it draws from your experiences, um, background, history, and education, and any other thing that you know adds to your soul. Whereas spiritual perception that directly draws from the Holy Spirit to your spirit, and there's no other way you would have known about what you now know if the Holy Spirit didn't inform you. All right, I hope that answers your question, Ida. Okay, so what I want us to do is I want us to spend the next two minutes just praying in the Holy Ghost. One of the ways we sharpen our spiritual perception and sensitivity is by praying in the Holy Ghost. So in the next two minutes, wherever you are, just pray in the Spirit. Just pray in the Holy Ghost wherever you are. Pray in the Holy Ghost wherever you are. Tell yourself, my spirit is sharpened. I am sharpened to perceive what the Holy Ghost is communicating to me. Oh, the Holy Ghost imparts faith into my spirit, faith for my life, faith for my marriage, faith for my business, faith for my career, faith for my, 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 my health, faith for my family, faith for everything. The Holy Ghost through he um, imparts faith into my spirit. Receive spiritual sensitivity. Receive spiritual sensitivity so that you can perceive the realities that the Holy Ghost is communicating to you. As you exercise yourself in the spirit, receive spiritual sensitivity. Receive faith in your spirit. Let the Holy Ghost make real the evidence in your heart that your actions will begin to align with those evidence. Karabakoteli. 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 Karabakote korembragoteke kerima raska sutakala bresko doyabata. Jesus, we worship you. Rando kobariska preske te kurabashantala baruska patisa kapado. Hallelujah, beat your holy name. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for staring up our hearts. Thank you for, for quickening us and making us aware of the ways in which you, you, um, you witness to our spirits. We declare that now that we are aware of this, we open our hearts to receive more of these experiences in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare that our spiritual perception is, is sharpened and faith is strengthened and built in our hearts in the name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. To you be all the praise and all the glory. Hallelujah to your name. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen, amen, amen. All right. So we would um, meet next week, Tuesday like this, same time. Um, Tuesday, next week, Tuesday rather, will be a prayer meeting. So we're just going to spend time praying. And, um, you know, like we always do last Tuesday of the month. 
Thank you so much, everyone, for coming. God bless you all. Um, have a wonderful remaining part of the day. Um, God bless you. All right. Have a good night, everyone. Bye.